That's what I want to talk about for a few minutes this morning. I want to talk about rainbows and grace. Uh, this past week, because I knew Kirk was going to be here, I got out our copy, 50th anniversary copy, and uh, sat there in the living room and watched The Wizard of Oz. How long has it been since you've seen The Wizard of Oz? Listen, that's not a child's story. It's an adult story. The whole world needs to see it. It's a parable. It's marvelous. And I looked at it with new eyes because I'm a different person than I was when I first saw that movie in the 30s. I looked with different eyes. And I saw the scarecrow. And I saw the scarecrow, and he was looking for what? What did he want? Brain. Okay, come alive, come alive. You're with me. <laughs> he was used, the one he gave you. He was looking for a brain. That's right. He didn't think he could think. Have you ever felt like everybody knew much more than you knew? Have you ever felt dumb? I have felt dumb. If you'd had my Spanish teacher in high school, you would have felt dumb too. <laughs> Did any of you flunk Spanish? Did any of you? Boy, I'm glad to see your hand. Welcome. Don't make fun of me. How many of you flunked English? Let me see your hand. <laughs> well, Roger said we're all ignorant, just on different subjects. That's true. My brother, my brother was a whiz at math. I was terrible. I learned how to read. My brother learned math. That's why he became a lawyer. <laughs> uh, he didn't learn how to spell. It's a good thing he makes enough money to employ a secretary that can spell for him. But he was a whiz at math. I had a tough time with that. But uh, history and English and that sort of thing was kind of easy for me. Do you ever feel like you don't know enough to deal with life? Ever felt that way one time or another? Probably so. I can identify with the scarecrow. I need more sense, more brains, more knowledge to cope with the world. But he wasn't the only one, as you know. There was also the lion. But what kind of lion? The cowardly lion. That's right. And what was he looking for? Courage. You ever felt afraid? Have you ever felt like you just couldn't do it? Couldn't make it? That, that kind of feeling in the pit of your stomach that you try to disguise sometimes with being an extrovert or using humor or something, but down inside you're really trembling. Like leaves in the winter on a tree. What did somebody else? The tin woodsman. The tin man. And what was he looking for? 
a heart. Isn't that a marvelous story? He was looking for a heart. Have you lost heart? Has your heart been crushed? Broken? Did somebody step on it? You've been afraid to use it ever since? Kind of bury those feelings inside? But you know, Dorothy was looking for something too. I've never... I've never thought about this until this week when I saw it. Dorothy was also looking for something. What was Dorothy looking for? A what? A home. That's right. Dorothy was looking for a place to be at home, to be accepted, to be, as Kirk said a moment ago, loved unconditionally. And then... We've got little Toto, and he was the what? He's the dog, Dorothy's little dog, Toto. And then the wizard. He called himself the great and terrible wizard. The great and terrible wizard. And do you remember how he manifested himself in the palace? When you walked into that throne room, there was fire pouring up and smoke and lights flashing and this great big magnified green stern face up there looking down on everybody. And they were terrified of him. No, the strong man could hardly stand up when he stood up there in front of him. And the cowardly lion got up there and got afraid and ran back. And the tin man couldn't even move. And Dorothy went up and tried to talk. And he spoke to her and she turned around and ran back. The great and terrible wizard. But then something happened. Toto got loose. And he ran around over to the side. Do you remember it? You do. Picture it in your mind. He ran around over to the side. And he pulled back this sort of shower curtain thing. Do you remember he pulled it back, and there was this guy over there twisting these dials and doing all of this stuff and speaking into this microphone, I am the great and terrible wizard. And suddenly someone had pulled back the veil, and there he was, a little, short, fat, bald-headed, old, wrinkled man who had been born in Omaha, Nebraska. And Dorothy got mad at him. Do you remember? She got angry with him. She said, you are a terrible man. And he said, no. I'm really a good man. I'm just not a very good wizard. <laughs> wizard. I disagree with him. I think he was a very good wizard. He's a great, very good wizard because he had something. He had x-ray eyes. He had the capacity to see potential in people that they didn't know they had. 
He had the ability to see embryonic potential in each one of those individuals that they didn't know they possessed. And he had the marvelous power to help people become what they were. He helped people realize externally what they were internally, but for one reason or another, had suppressed. And how did he do it? What did he give the straw man? A what? A diploma. That's right. You get A. You're the only one here who does. But he gave the straw man who wanted a brain, gave him a diploma. And he said, it is a THD diploma. You are now a doctor of thinking. Now, THD is normally a degree given in theological seminaries. It is a doctor of theology. It would not be bad if some of those who have received doctors of theology also along with it got a doctor of thinking. saw that diploma and he said, I can think. And boy, you know, he started going through that Pythagorean th theorem or something. He just rattled it off. He didn't even know he knew it. Had things inside of him that he didn't even know were there. But the wizard had the power through his x-ray eyes to help that man release his potential. He could think. And what did he give the line? Right. Gave him a medal. Great big medal. And had word written on it. It said what? Courage. Courage. He had it all along. You see, he thought that being afraid meant that he was a coward. And the wizard helped him to see that the most courageous people are not the po folks that have fear. Everybody has fear. They're the folks that let fear control them, overcome them, and keep them from acting and moving. I've known some heroes. I've met and known some people who were decorated. Some who received the Congressional Medal of Honor. They were not without fear. They just didn't let fear conquer them. They all felt fear. Some of you in this room have had that experience in combat. You were afraid. You didn't let your fear overwhelm you. You did what needed to be done. That's what bravery is. Here's a metal line. You're courageous. And oh, suddenly, he's the king of the jungle. Remember, they put a crown on his head. Here's a tin man. What did the wizard give the tin man? A heart. Gave him a big locket in the shape of a heart. And you know what he did? That's right. It ticked. He had a heart that would work. Now, he always had a heart because, you know, he'd start crying. He'd have to use the oil can to keep from rusting up. He just was afraid to admit he had a heart and to accept the fact that he did have a heart and that it was all right to express the feelings of the heart. Now let me ask a question. Where did the wizard get all this ability? Where did he get it? 
What did he do that gave him this dramatic power to motivate people to be at their best? He had love for people. He had love. I've seen it so recently, and naturally I'm, I'm a little more up on it than maybe some of you. But let me remind you that when Dorothy and the scarecrow and the tin man and the lion and Toto were seated outside the palace and they couldn't get in the first time they went and they were sitting out there and Dorothy started crying and the wizard was back there behind them looking through the little door opening in the bigger door and he was just weeping copious tears of love and concern for Dorothy and for her three friends. The wizard loved, and because he loved, he was able to be graceful. He was able to communicate grace, for grace is the expression of love. God loves us unconditionally. How does he express it? Grace, forgiveness, all our sins are gone. We are new people with a new mind and a new heart and a new spirit and a new courage and a new home and all of those things because of the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the rainbow was given as a res God's response to the storm in Noah's day and God's way of saying that the world would never again be destroyed by water and he gave the rainbow as a symbol of his promise. And you know, a rainbow is not anything in the world but broken light. I mean, it's just light broken up into all of its component parts. And Jesus is the light of the world. And that rainbow is just a prismatic expression of the overarching love of God through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And you know the traditional statement, there's a pot at the at a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. No, my friends, there's something a lot better than a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. At one end is love and at the other end is grace. And arching over your whole life is the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was born in Nazareth, the Omaha of the first century. And he started loving people and helping people. And he said, I'm God. I'm God. And they said, you don't look like God. You don't act like God. You're not great and terrible. heard of God working in a carpenter's shop? Who ever heard of a God with dirty fingernails? Who ever heard of a God of questionable parentage? Who ever heard of a God of questionable friends? You look like 
God. You're a very poor God. No. I'm a very good man, and I present in his fullness a loving, perfect God. Do you remember when he died? Do you remember one of the things that happened when he died on the cross? What happened in the temple where they had God? Where they had him in the palace called the temple? Where they had him behind the big curtain? What happened? The veil in the temple was torn. And the true God walked out and revealed himself fully and completely and totally and lovingly in Jesus Christ. He is the fullness of God. And the fullness of God is full of love and grace. And he had x-ray eyes. Oh my, did he. He looked at a streetwalker in Magdala and he saw in her the capacity to become the first person to announce to the world that he'd been raised from the dead. What eyes? He had eyes able to look at a drinking, cursing, fighting sailor by the name of Simon and see in him the man whom God would use to preach the first sermon on the day of Pentecost that launched the church and brought us into existence. What eyes? He had eyes to walk through Jericho and see the town crook named Zacchaeus. Everybody hated him. He ripped everybody off. He stole from everybody. And Jesus said, I want to go home and have lunch with you. And everybody got upset. God doesn't act like that. He doesn't go home with Zacchaeus. This God does. And he sits down and eats with him. And Zacchaeus walked into his house, a covetous, selfish man, and he walked out, the first Christian philanthropist, and just started throwing his money everywhere. What happened? He met the wizard from Nazareth who saw in him potential he'd never seen in himself. And he set him free to be who he was at his best and finest. Do you remember the day when Jesus was in the synagogue in Capernaum and it was the Sabbath day, it was Saturday, and a lot of us who've taught and preached and spoken on that passage of Scripture have emphasized the big issue was Jesus healing a man on the Sabbath, and that is a legitimate issue to be talked about. That's important, but sometimes we miss the miracle by talking about the setting of it. There was a man there who had a withered hand. He had a hand that wouldn't work. And it was curled up like this. And Jesus looked at that man and said, Stretch out your hand. That was the very thing he couldn't do. 
If he could have stretched out his hand, it wouldn't have been withered. Jesus said, stretch out your hand. And the man looked at him with questions and that exuding love and grace and those powerful eyes said to him, I have put a power in you that will give you the capacity to exercise faith and he stretched it out and it was healed. Is your life withered? Your heart shrunk? Your spirit crippled? He's come with his love and his grace to help you straighten out life. Make it work to set you free. Well, we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz, the wonderful wizard of Nazareth. And we walk down, dance down, skip down, sing down, a yellow brick road. You know how that road got, how that road got paved? It got paved because Jesus came this way first. And it was rough and tough. It was shaped like a cross. And he first loved us. He sought us. He came to us. And the yellow brick road of faith was paved by his blood and his grace and his love and his sacrifice. And you and I can walk and run and skip and dance and sing our way down the yellow brick road because of Jesus Christ. You ever wished you were a little bluebird? A little bluebird that could sing beyond the rainbow? You can. You can. Stretch out and receive his gift of a new mind and a new heart and a new spirit and a new home and walk down the yellow brick road of one of these aisles here today to say, I want to follow him. I want to be a part of his family. I want to be a part of the other scarecrows and lions, cowardly lions and ten woodsmen and Dorothys who go to make up his church, whose lives have all been touched by the powerful work of the love and the grace of our Lord. I'll be right here. All I am really is just kind of a mater d'. I mean, I'm not the church. It's his church. I'm not the Lord. You know that. I'm just a mater d' to help you feel at home, to welcome you, to give you a seat, 
give you a menu of what's going on, help you meet some of the other folks who are eating here at Jesus' place. So come. Whatever church you're in or not any, or never have been, or belong to half a dozen, but you feel this is where God would have you be, you just come. You don't have to have a passport, no visa's necessary, no recommendations necessary. Just come, just as you are. Come on, I'll be right here to welcome you to the Lord's house. Let's stand and let's sing together. <laughs>